guys, thanks so much for joining us, and welcome to the forecast episode. Well, I don't even know what episode it is. Is that episode 30? Did somebody update that to 33? Yeah. Okay. Episode 33. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Um, why are you laughing? Don't laugh at me. Uh, keep going. My name is uh, Aaron. We got a bunch of other people here with us today. Alex, Chad, Frank, Jake, John, Caleb, and Owen. Hey. Um, I'm going to talk about some cool stuff today and kind of uh, go through some of the topics we have listed. Um, in case you're joining us for the first time, thanks so much for joining us. We are a community of people. We love talking about entertainment things, uh, news, games, board games, video games, film, video, all kinds of fun stuff. You can check us out on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash we are the horizon community, or you can check out the website at we are the horizon.com. We also put all of our cast notes um, on our website, so you can check those out as well, and they'll be up on whatever podcasting app that you use, which if you use anything other than Overcast, I'm, I'm a little sad. Unless um, you no longer have access to Overcast, like some people. Why? Because <laughs> some people There's made no horrible, horrible life decisions. Oh, that's right. People made horrible life decisions. That's nah, a pretty good choice. Why would people you make- do... <sighs> Some people, people are like, oh, I don't like that they took the headphone yeah. thing away. So well, that's not the only reason. I'm going to get an Android. And then I was like, you could just get... get an older one. Yeah. Nah, I can't get an older one. I'm going to get an older one of an Android instead. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> perfect, that I get perfect an older sense. One. It's that this uh, older one was cheaper uh, than the other older one. Oh, gosh. All right, enough of Caleb moving from blue text bubbles to green text bubbles. We're all upset about that. Everybody Ruining gets it. everything. No, yes. Everybody's upset. Jake's fine with it, right? Well, d- just because no, Jake's mean, an I'm outcast. I'm just generally upset with you, though. <laughs> okay. So, like, yes. that's not fair. <laughs> that checks out. Uh, let's start with some entertainment and news stuff, some things that happened, as, as Owen has coined the phrase, things that happened. I don't um, think you can coin that. Watch us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alex, there's a couple things you've been... You've been uh, just kind of talking about and, and reading up on Tencent uh, being the first one. Why don't you just kind of highlight us on what you what you wanted to touch base on? Yeah, um, I just wanted to bring attention to Tencent, a company I didn't really know existed until recently. It was brought up on the Bombcast and then kind of researched it a little bit and looked into kind of what they do. They're, they're uh, in the games industry and they're essentially like a mega conglomerate from China that like just owns a bunch of stuff. And it's one of those like secret I feel like it's one of those secret companies you don't hear about that like just control everything from the shadows. So like for instance that one of their biggest property is um Riot Games. Are, uh, are League of Legends uh, people. Are you saying that Tencent is the Chinese Illuminati? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so they own Riot. Um first of all, I didn't realize how Big league has continued to grow. They Ow. broke a hundred million people. Oh, sorry, are you serious right now? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> Professionalism, guys, come on. So League of Legends broke a hundred million uh active users per month not too long ago. Um I think Dota is still like around thirteen million or something like that. Yeah. Like something incomparable. Significantly lower. And like it's it's become the biggest game to ever exist, essentially, and just rakes in billions of dollars. Uh, they also own um, I forget their name, but the company that makes like Clash of Clans and all those mobile games Epic. that make billions. No. Um, Supercell. 
Supercell, yes, you're correct. They own them. Um, I believe they also own, uh, I don't know what it's called, but Chinese Facebook, basically. Yeah, yep, you're right. So not just game stuff, they branch out some. Wow, if you look up their subsidiaries list, it is like forever long. It's so big. They own part of Activision Blizzard, which I thought was like the biggest games company ever because it was like two huge game companies coming together to form one. But yeah, they just just like own like some stake in in that. Not like a controlling stake, but some. Uh, They own part of Epic Games. They own part of so many things. It's just ridiculous. And And you're just concerned because they're a shadowy organization? Yeah, I don't know. They seem sketch. They own League of Legends. (laughs) Anyone who owns League of Legends is evil. That's like a obviously Anybody's associated. Well, you know, speaking of League of Legends, uh, did you guys read that um, or hear that uh, the state of New York is suing, I can't remember if it's Comcast or it's one of the other ISPs um, for throttling both League of Legends and Netflix recently. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, because they were both trying to stream and play, and I guess they were being throttled, so they were really limited on their amount of users they could, could, you know, um, have watching content. Hmm. And the state of New York is now suing, I can't remember who it is, but they're suing one of the big ISPs for uh, basically throttling that that web content. Won't that kind of depend on the whole net neutrality thing? Yeah, it will. But, I mean, we're... Nothing super has happened yet, so I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But for now, I mean, this is just kind of a state-based thing, and I think they're just handling it appropriately. Um, but speaking of Netflix, uh, there's some other cool things. Alex, you've been reading about Netflix as well, especially with some 4K updates. Yeah, so, I mean, Netflix 4K has been around since the dawn of, like, 4K televisions, but it hasn't ever been really popular because of lack of devices to use it on. Um, I have a 4K monitor for my desktop but we don't have any other 4k screens in the house so i've always wanted to maybe check out 4k netflix but there's no way to do it on pc or there wasn't until a while ago when the intel uh, seventh gen processors came out you had to have a cabby lake uh, processor to be able to use 4k netflix it was like hardware based drm uh so that was weird and just recently like last week i saw that they updated it so any pascal based gpus um can get into like a beta test of netflix 4k um because the pascal gpus have the hardware equipped for decoding the um hdcp 2.0 which is the drm stuff you just said a lot of acronyms (laughs) (laughs) so like hdmi has hdcp protection over it usually Uh uh-huh so like yeah hdmi 2.0 had like a new version of it it's the stuff that they try to stop you from being able to like rip blu-rays and oh that fbi uh, anti-piracy warning yeah all that kind of stuff dude like the directors step down copy all of the stuff you want right now don't copy that (laughs) floppy for real oh my gosh but I mean, I just I saw that story and I thought it was kind of ridiculous that DRM's linked to you having specific branded hardware for your computer that you have to use to be able to do it. And then, like, I have a Pascal GPU. I still can't do it because I have to have a monitor that's equipped with HDMI 2.0 and like a ability to 
send video over that only. I don't think you can even have a second monitor that's using a different type of connection while you're doing it. So everything has to match up. It's insane. Well, they're just, and, I mean, it's, it's protecting content, though. To some yeah, extent. but still, it's like, how far can you go with DRM? You, you can still go on, like, torrent sites or whatever and find 21p rips from Netflix of <clears throat> anything. Like, you, do you remember back in, like, 2008 or 2009 when, like, DRM started to become, like, really big and also very much a problem? Uh, there, nope. was there, that there was there was like an entire like year like Securom and oh uh, yeah 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 like Securom and and all those things where like um the actual performance of the game was being hindered because of the DRM right because like I think it was right around the time when like PC games started to burgeon again like when when we started getting a lot of like good P, like good ports of like console games uh, whereas before they were always just like secondhand, like garbage. Right. Um, and Sekirom <clears throat> got cracked, and then people that were running cracked versions of the games were getting higher frame rates uh, than people that bought it. Right. Huh. And now nowadays it's Denuvo. Denuvo is the new thing to hate. It's mm -hmm. a. They don't even call it a DRM. It's even though it is, but it's not. It's not like protecting the content. It's like live encryption or something like that like it encrypts the ex executable files and only decrypts them as they're read mm -hmm. wow so if you have slower hard drives and stuff like that it actually affects performance that way too i see this is all I, part of that big shadowy organization alex yeah it's all tencent <laughs> that does it no <laughs> i i just see like drm becoming more of an issue but an issue that like isn't like so much in the limelight like back before like i was saying like Sekiram and all that stuff i saw Sekiram in a headline at least like once a week of just like oh this is bad or oh this is bad or oh whatever whatever but n now that it's been around for a while it seems like it's kind of fallen back but i i think i see it becoming just more of an issue or they're just branching out into you know other ways that they can protect content. That's what it is, right? ISPs protecting the content they're sending out to their subscribers or their user base. But oh, if yeah. it's affecting legitimate customers, like how far is too far? Well, like, <laughs> I mean, if it's up to a if it's up to a big shadow organization, they don't really care how far is too far because they're going to protect their content in general. And then you have things like The Witcher Three that come out. DRM free and do amazingly well. So it's like, how do you people, argue for this sort people, of people are going to pirate your games no matter what? Like Securom or like all DRM seems to be very much against like not allowing paying customers to play. But I think I found that the best DRM that has ever existed was for Serious Sam three. I think it was. Where anybody with a pirated version of that game in the first level, like halfway through, there was a, uh, a giant scorpion with miniguns for hands that could not be killed and would just keep coming and killing you. And then a note would or a message would come up when you die, like saying like, hey, thanks for pirating our game or whatever. Wow, it was <laughs> like their, their version of a trial. 
Yeah, it like it it took it actually took a long time to break because it it, it wasn't any like external like thing that was latched on to the code. It was like embedded inside the game. Hmm. I don't That's know. It's, cool. it, again, I think it's just back to they're going to protect their content. So the more that they can, the more they're going to continue to, which kind of leads us back to the whole uh, net neutrality issue as well. And in case you guys haven't watched it, there is a fantastic segment on net neutrality that John Oliver just did on his most recent uh, last week tonight. He did one three years ago when they were doing the initial um, I don't know if you guys even remember that, but basically Verizon was suing uh, the FCC and the FCC changed their regulations, which is what basically gave us free and open internet now. No, I don't remember that. I, I wasn't yeah. even born at the time. You weren't born three years ago. I know. So uh, if you don't, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's really good. Also, John Oliver is just really good as well. So you go check that out. Uh, last but not least, in entertainment and news stuff, uh, Owen, you had sort of written down here International Board Game Day. What? Yeah. Did you um, did you participate? Yes, I was. I participated. So last week was International Board Game Day on Saturday. Yeah. Um. And so basically, just you played board games. The hobby shop by me was doing board games until midnight, which was really cool. So like everything else was closed up, but they like brought in pizza, and basically just had board games out for everybody to play. And so people were playing Magic, people were playing, you know, Ticket to Ride. Um, we decided to play, well, I decided to play um, um, Happy Salmon. However, we were kindly asked by the owner of the place to not play the loud version of Happy Salmon. Because we how, were doing that and running how, around. <laughs> and uh, How is there were, a uh, non-loud version of Happy Salmon? There's like gestures and yeah, not you just can't talk. You, you just can't talk. That's wow, it. Wow, that's got to be hard. Well, Dude, I guess you're doing gestures. It's so yeah. much fun. It, it it wasn't too bad. It was just funny because like the entire reason I did it be was because I wanted people in the place that were playing other board games to realize that we were playing it. Um, so slightly annoying and trolly. But so I, I think I already know the answer to this question. But is that salmon game? It's like a sex thing. Yeah. Right? No. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. I don't know when you when you do the happy salmon, you kind of like slap your arms yeah. and like wiggle them together. Yep. But there's also switching mm. and high fiving each other, which I mean, I never high five anybody after sex. I, I oh, wow, okay. you're missing out, dude. I'm yeah, no, that's like you the are missing part. out. The post-coital high five. <laughs> it's obviously well, well, the it, best part. You all, you all get in a line, and then you just go through, like in baseball, you're just like, good game, good game, it's like, game, you good all? game, good game. Good game. There's like a whole game. squad? Oh, yeah, man. We got teams together. Oh, wow. Man. You wow. just said Shirts six good games. That's at least seven people, <laughs> including yourself. No, I Is that Oh, gosh. Oh, man. Anyway, no, so yeah, there was board games. Speaking of board games, I played a new one over the weekend with a bunch of friends. It was called Bad People. Uh, it showed up on my Facebook feed, and it was like, hey, here's a board game you might like, and everyone sees those kind of ads, but this one had like a free demo, so I was like, oh, hey, I will try this out. And pretty much the idea is that there are a bunch of cards that ask a question, you flip one of those over, it's like random, so you flip one of those over, and 
then everybody votes on the answer to that card. So one of the cards here is basically (laughs) most likely to have a secret sexual fetish. And then everyone then like puts in that it's a you have another card for each person that's in the game. So then you just kind of do a silent unanimous vote of who you think would have a secret sexual fetish or Mm. most likely to join a cult or who masturbates the most to former lovers. So there's a lot of. It literally sounds like part of the organ or part of the industry that tries to come up with a dirtier or more sexualized version of Cards Against Humanity. Well, there are so many freaking games. What was that that game that we played at PAX when I went? It was uh, Would You Would You Ever Would I Ever Would You Rather Would You Rather Never Have I Ever No Never Have I Ever Oh Never Have I Ever Yep That was a dirty Never Have I Ever. I mean, but never have isn't I that ever game always gets dirty. Say, is there a clean version? What? Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> so. You can play a clean it's version. Like, it's not, not, you know. It's, it's probably specifically directed to be dirty, though. I mean, it's yeah, boring anyway. It's, it's, it's a shitty Sped game. in a 25 mile per hour school zone. Hmm. Oh, man. Okay, you know what? That might be your fault for making it boring. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't like the game, but that's a dumb question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. It was a lot of fun. I, you know, especially the way that we played it, we were just like pointing at people and basically just having our reasoning. So, um, for those that are actually uh, know some of the people that are in like our friends group, um, one of the questions was most likely to be childhood friends with Hitler, and we all voted our friend Nicole because she's just kind and nice to everybody. Yeah. No, that makes oh, sense. No. Wow. <laughs> like, Jane and Caleb could verify that. It should be like, yeah, no, she would. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of the fun thing about it was just like finding out what your friends think about you and you think about them. Like, I discovered that all of my friends think that I would perform sexual acts for the least amount of money. I would yeah, agree. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Che- that checks out. Specifically, Danny called me out and said it's probably about $15. Wow, she gave you 15 <laughs> <laughs> Which I was like, I'd at least wait for twenty before I started doing the sexual acts. But hey, yeah, I mean, sometimes I don't you, you, think you so. don't, you wouldn't be able to break a twenty anyway. So like, I mean, yeah, so yeah, it's it's it just fun. I give it a pass. I'm gonna end up buying it so I can actually play it with friends. It seems like something that's more entertaining than Cards Against Humanity, since everyone plays Cards Against Humanity and knows what all of the good cards are. So this is kind so, of like there's a some, flash of yeah. something different. There's an interesting phenomenon that people who play board games regularly, they pick up games that are like the next version of Cards Against Humanity or the next thing, but they still own Cards Against Humanity. And then they invite friends over to their house who don't play games like Cards Against Humanity. And that's what they want to play specifically. Uh, yeah. Because they've heard about it or they're excited. They, they think like they've played it once before and it was super duper fun. But people who have played it a lot, I mean, it gets old fast. Oh, oh yeah. So fast. yeah, yeah, very fast. Really, really fast. <laughs> I mean, and once it's you're... old, it's awful. But the play. problem is, and, and I really, I, I really wish that in terms of card games specifically, that if we're going to play a game like group games like that, there are very few things that are sort of migrating away from that. Um, one, one um, white card have a handful of black cards, and then you just sort of decide what you're going to do, and then everybody votes on it. Yeah, so, I feel. Some, I was just going to say some version of that exists in so many games, especially when we go to PAX and we have PAX Unplugged coming up. So I'm assuming, you know, we're going to see a lot more of that too as we go there. It's just going to be a bunch of the same style of, or the same play style, but just a slightly altered version of the game. It's like a, it's like a sequel. 
Squeakwall, if you will. Oh, <laughs> Squeakwall. I, I, I agree with you. And I think it's one of the things is familiarity. Because I remember that I liked playing Cards Against Humanity. And I'd always try to play it when I went over to other people's houses. Because they had it and I didn't. And I knew that guy. game. And they'd be like, hey, let's play this mm-hmm. other game. And I was like, I don't know that other game. But I know Cards Against Humanity. But then, like, I ever since I bought Cards Against Humanity, I think I've played it all of once, which was the time I unboxed it, and that is it. Yeah, because you played it so many times before then, and it's just, it's old now. I think I just had more fun with Cards Against Humanity, getting new cards and just reading them the first time, than actually playing it with people. (laughs) That's so true. (laughs) Alex and I have two copies. Yep. Yeah, I feel like... It's actually in my trunk in my car, because I used to bring (laughs) it everywhere in case we needed to play it at some point. I, I yeah, feel like it's I, one of those I, things that with a lot of these uh, card-based games, like you really do need to heavily invest in the boosters and expansion packs so that way you are getting different stuff. And mm-hmm. it's not just the same three jokes that are like the best winners that everybody knows. Even if it's not the same three jokes, it's still the same cards in the same context. And even, you know, you could play it with tons of different people. It's still going to be the same game. I'm There's more... No- I'm more interested in that the Facebook advertising worked. I was surprised the Facebook advertising worked as well, because I never click on that stuff. But I thought like the (laughs) fact that it said, hey, it's a here's like a free demo of it to download and play at home. I was like, oh, hey, I can actually test this out and see what it's like before actually spending 20 bucks on it or 30 bucks on it, whatever it is. I don't maybe it just looked at. Maybe just looked at your Amazon purchase history and you were, they were like, oh, this guy Probably. bought Cards Against Humanity. Let's get him a game that's basically a sequel. <laughs> I mean, speaking I, of sequels. I, I never bought it on there, but yeah, who knows? Yeah, speaking of sequels, what do we got? Outlast 2. You've been playing this, correct? Yes, I have. Um, so Outlast 2, a lot of fun. I scared many, many parts of myself off. I actually threw my keyboard across the room at one point because I was so scared. Um, how did you manage that and why are you like holding your keyboard while you're playing yeah are you like actually so (laughs) so i when i play games like outlast i invite a bunch of friends over and we all like sit on the couch or around the tv you're telling me you're that guy that's that invites friends over and makes them watch you play video games well no because they want like this is this has been no, a tradition. No, they want to watch Frank. <laughs> Jake, did, remember when we burnt Don't through bring all of Slenderman <laughs> and Outlast in your basement? Does not ring a bell. Wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> thrown under the bus. Oh, yeah, that was the goal. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I got you. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah. So, like, when my friends heard that there was a second Outlast coming, they're like, "Hey, we're going over to your house to watch you play this, right?" And I was like, "Okay, sure." Um, so yeah, I hosted people, and I was sitting on the couch, and there was a jump scare, but my friend put her hand on my shoulder, because she was like gonna say, like, hey, you're doing a good job, but her hand touching my shoulder timed up exactly with the jump scare, that I legitimately thought for a split second that it was coming out of the screen and gonna kill me, so like, I jumped, and my keyboard just flew across the goddamn living room. She like your video game coach, like yeah, great. Yeah. I wish I, I was. had occasionally like, like if my mom just like came up sometimes, just like you doing a good job, sweetie. I mean, it, like, was, uh, it was terrifying. Like dabbed your I forehead, say, um, let you drink off yeah. the water bottle real quick. Yeah, I, I will say as far as no, the okay. game goes, 
there are some things that I feel like we're lacking in this, mainly the fact that it's still falling into some of the same pitfalls of Outlast 1, being that there's an interesting storyline going on, and you'll have like a cutscene that explains a bunch of stuff, and then there'll be like five minutes of you running in a circle trying to figure out where the heck the door is that you're supposed to go down or mm. the ladder or whatever. And so like you just do this and it doesn't feel like it's very conjoined with the story. And then eventually you'll get out of that part and like, Oh, Hey, okay. Now I'm back on track and here's the gameplay that actually has to do something with the story. And then there's another like 10 minutes of gameplay. That's just there to, to prolong the game, which on the one hand, awesome i feel like i'm getting money's worth because it's a long game and it's not just like an hour but on the other side it's kind of like hey i can tell that there's filler parts of gameplay here that you're just putting it in there to make this game longer and i'd rather not and actually just get to the story again because it's just it's not fun at that point it's just like hey i did this 10 times and now i need to do it an 11th time because this is what you have us do in between story segments Filler parts in video games, like, have for some reason been, I've been noticing noticing them a lot more lately for some reason. Like, it, I'll see a ladder, and I'll have to climb down the ladder, and then hit a switch, and then it opens a door, and I have to climb back up the ladder. There is absolutely no fucking skill or or test of your abilities or anything, especially since a lot of the games will be like, oh, there's a locked door, and then they'll have a camera pan. And there'll be a switch. And you'll be like, I wonder what I'm supposed to do. Oh, no. Would you, would you prefer if like, it was like a QWERTY version of ladder climbing in every game that you played? So you had to like, <laughs> I'm, you know, uh, no, move I'm, your I'm arms saying, and legs specifically, or you fall and die, or you fall no, injured? No, I'm saying just eliminate the, the ladder. In, entirely Has, there's no so just flatten all levels make them well i don't I, think he's I'm saying not... flatten them i think yeah, he's I'm just not... saying <laughs> reduce <laughs> the redundancy of going up and down yeah. things that you don't need to other than the fact that they're trying to extend that area also i would say that in horror games i would love to see like a co-op like game mechanic of going up and down ladders because like you'd say you're running from somebody and then you get to a ladder and you have to like co-op your way up and if you fuck it up you fall and then you die because the person's there like waiting for you and then stabby stabby <laughs> i think that'd be hilarious. that would work well i mean contextually though like it's really hard to na like even think of a video game where there's no filler content i mean everything has to have filler to get you from point a to point b the only game i can think of that's just basically 100 percent content is tomba 2 <laughs> uh, no. That's I mean, where you go. No, <laughs> I feel like it's more of the fact that I feel wow. the filler content. That's more of an issue. It's not the fact that it's there. It's just yeah. the fact that I understand the reason of its existence is uh, because of that. Whereas, yeah, like yeah. in other games, like Breath of the Wild, yeah, there's side quests which are filler content. But I'm like 100 hours sums in, and I do or, not care. I'm yeah. still going. Or you enjoy doing it. If you enjoy like doing filler content. Like that that's fine. Like if like when there's a platformer that's already te been testing your like platforming skills to the max, like so, say like Super Mute Boy or something, and then you come into a room where there's just like one gap and then like that's it and you, it's a very easy jump. It's like why was that there? That like keep you on your I, toes, man. Keep you on your no toes. It's not a switch and a ladder isn't going to keep me on my freaking toes. <laughs>
I feel like the other thing is just how to go back to the enjoyment thing. Like it is not enjoyable trying to open every single door in a room and then just trying it over and over and over again because you missed something. And instead of there being some like highlight or some voiceover or something that's trying to point you in the right direction of like, oh, hey, you know, pick up this or did you crawl underneath here kind of thing. You just keep walking in circles for like a half hour, trying all of the same five doors that you've tried. Yeah. I think for I... the most part, though, that Outlast isn't the type of game that uh, cares about if it has filler content or not. I think it's meant to literally just be a scary game with atmosphere that scares you while you're walking around trying to find a story. And so I, I honestly can't get behind the frustration of a game like that having filler content while other games I could. Well, like, well, it's another good example, I think, of, well, sort of the opposite of it doesn't seem like it's as much filler content. How many people here have played Soma? I played Soma. Yep. Okay. Mm. I feel like that no. game had the scare factor, but it did not have so much of the, the sort of fill in between what you were doing. Right, maybe that's just me, but the game felt very fluid. Yeah. No, I think Soma did it very well, and I could tell what I was doing in Soma. Like, I never felt like I had to be confused and or run around a bunch. Even mm. if I had to do backtracking, <laughs> I understood this is backtracking to get to the next point. I gotta and heavily disagree on that one. I would also heavily disagree. <laughs> there Something so about rearranging for... satellite dishes <laughs> that took me about an hour. <laughs> and like... that stupid panel on that one wall and that oh one corridor. Oh my god, corridor. because it's just dark. Uh, invisible. That part, yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, speaking of other, uh, since we're on the topic of sequels that may or may not be sequels that are kind squiggles. of a sequel. And satellites. It's not a sequel. I don't understand how I'm just Prey tell you it's not a sequel. It's not a sequel, but it's but it's just uh, kind ex- of a explain. I mean, it's called Prey. It's, it's just not a called Prey Two. Yeah, yeah, but why is it the same game name then? I, that way, people go, "Oh, I played yeah. Prey. I'll buy the new one." Like yeah, a marketing guy was like, "Oh, it's already been like Prey. It was like a, a 360 launch game. Everyone loved it. No, <laughs> everyone did not love it." It was a subpar first-person shooter with, like, a, like, what do you call it? A caveat or whatever. Gimmick. Gimmick, gimmick, thank you. That, like, everybody else was doing back then. Like, friggin' Dark Sector. Like, all those just 360 games. I don't know why they chose Prey. But when they they talked about doing Prey 2 originally, that, like, first-person bounty hunting game. And that game sounded amazing. But now they came out with this, so what's up with this game? What is so up this with game, this game, Caleb? Prey, okay, first of all, I'm upset. Prey came out on Friday. What the heck is Bethesda doing? Also, no, pre-re- <laughs> no pre-release <laughs> copies ever at all? You had to wait till day one to get any reviews whatsoever? I don't know what Bethesda's doing. That's dumb. Anyway. You, st- you still pre-ordered it, though. I did That's not. That's true. They still got your money. I didn't pre-order it. I got did it. you buy it? I got it Saturday, the day after. <laughs> I waited for like three reviews and I was like, oh, these are pretty good. I'm going to get it. Three reviews. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? The very <laughs> model of restraint. I knew Weird. I was going to want it and like the that. reviews were not terrible. So I was like, so okay, here we go. When I downloaded so I, it from your library, it gave me the Prey pre-order bonus yeah. thing. I got it on G2A, so I got the pre-order bonus. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> you are the worst G2A. kind of person. <laughs> you post pre-ordered. 
I, I post pre-ordered. You're right. That's that's that's, that's some that's some first world anarchy right there. <laughs> I know, right? So I've played like six hours of Prey so far, and first of all, it draws super heavily from Bioshock, like the original Bioshock, and also Alex a little bit from two. <laughs> yeah, it is actually a spooky. little bit spoopy. So spoopy? I don't know if Alex is going to be able to play it, but I told him he needs to try. Yeah, it's spoopy, dude. It's always spoopy. Mm, Never spooky. True. No, that sounds stupid. <laughs> but you start with a wrench. Hmm, that's weird. And mm. let's mm. see. Use these things called Eve hypo. I mean, Psy hypos. Mm. <laughs> Do they really use oh, the hypo? Yeah, Psy. Oh, so that's remarkable. I know. Wow. Then it's just System Shock. Yeah, it's like System Shock, actually. A lot. Like this it. sounds nothing like the original Prey. It's not like the original Prey. It, which weird. is a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I like the original. I Prey. liked the original Prey. Y'all are crazy. Mm. <laughs> Y'all are crazy. I think this prey does some really interesting things, though. Uh, it has these cool interactions in the game. Like, all of the computers you use are all touchscreens, and it makes it easy to, like, use them and just walk away really fast, and I like that. But later in the game, you get this thing called the Bolt Caster, which is a tiny little Nerf crossbow, essentially. And the bolts have Wait. capacitive tips, so you can, like, shoot them through windows and hit touchscreens to open doors for you and stuff. Ooh. It's a really cool interaction. There's a, there's a bunch more like that in the game that I think are really cool. Can you shoot bad guys with capacitive tip bolts? What, you can. Why, they turn why? and look at you, and then they chase you. Yeah, oh. like, <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> it does zero so damage. It's, a bolt. it's like what? a weapon specifically for touchscreens? You can also use it to like hit buttons and get things That's attention. It's so weird. It's well, cool. The, I like it. Why the nerf comparison? Why not just a crossbow? Because it's it's like a little it shoots like little nerf bolts like they're like nerf yeah because they don't do damage darts. didn't you just hear the dark, thank you they're and they like don't do damage fat yeah they're, they're little fat oh, they got nerf little tiny things. fins on them oh my gosh that's so weird it's great I love it it's actually a nerf bullet oh, yeah crap. it actually is so that's why the, the nerf comparison right did you get <laughs> exactly. the glue that makes sense because like the huh? whole time I was I was just held up on the fact that you're like it's like a nerf crossbow and it shoots bolts and I'm like. Isn't that just a crossbow? <laughs> <laughs> did you did you get the glue gun? I did. I got the glue gun. That's one thing I was a little disappointed in. Because it's kind of cool. You can like freeze enemies in place. You can shoot hazards to like block them up and get rid of them. And you can use it to climb stuff by shooting like against walls to make stairs. But I feel like it's a really cool tool that they didn't expand on enough. I mean, that sounds like a lot you can do with it. But I don't know. It doesn't seem like it has a ton of use in the game. It's useful in combat because combat's actually super dangerous and you're not meant to just take every combat head on. You're supposed to sort of figure out a way to deal with the enemies, mm. which I really like. It makes the game really interesting and it makes it a little more atmospheric and scary. So how many hours in are you? I'm about six hours in. And so like maybe just quick straight face check like out of five stars. How, how are you thinking right now? Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, I don't know out of five stars. It's like four, maybe. Hmm. That's pretty all right. It's pretty good. Yeah. One thing I found interesting about this game is that three days after it came out, somebody did a speed run in 19 minutes and 40 some seconds. <laughs> now, is that a legitimate speed run? There's or is no that, way. Or is that using, like, glitches? Right, question. And... Is any speed run legitimate by that <laughs> yes. standard? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't think so. There I are. think I think all speedruns use some exploit to games. 
I mean, yes, but I, I mean, maybe like using the. I'd say, I, I would say in this case, they're using exploits. I would watch the video. I mean, the guy like stacks chairs in corners, jumps outside of rooms. He's not like leaving or exiting the map. He's just yeah. utilizing stuff in game to do things in game yeah. and get into other areas. That if that's, probably if that's wouldn't the get case, too quickly. Like I would define that as legitimate. Unlike where it's like, oh, if you like get if you just like just keep bunny hopping and you pick up speed and then you throw a grenade <laughs> and then like spin and do a 360 and reload, you uh, are immediately teleported to the end of the level. No, yeah. I well, from what I watched, there was none of that. It was more just understanding the map, understanding understanding how to navigate the game, and then utilizing in-game me uh, mechanics in order to do that. Sweet. So, Caleb, you're a little on the slow end. Wow. Yeah. Six hours in. <laughs> Six hours in on the slow end. Okay, I see. And when was uh, when was Prey released? Friday. Friday. Here's the problem Friday. with it because games usually come out on Tuesdays. Yeah, yes, why did it come out on a Friday? That's not like a thing that happens. Anyway, it's Bethesda. They kind of do what thing they want about Prey. So it has it has the level design of like Dishonored, so you can do a level in any number of ways that you choose. Mm -hmm. And I had an issue with the first room because I walked in and I like started to go one direction. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that yet. And I started to go another one. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that yet. And I did that for like. 20 minutes before I finally decided on like a direction to deal with this space. Well, it's it no wonder you didn't finish the game. It was great though. Yeah. You spent 20 minutes in indecision. This other guy just finished the game. I yeah. know. <laughs> You'd probably be done with it already. Uh, in terms of uh, just talking about other new releases and things that are going to be coming out soon or have come out. Um, Alex, you have a couple of games here to note. Um, Bayonetta is the first one. And then you also wrote down here, Call of Duty World War II. No, Call uh, of Duty WWII. Thank what, you. Chimini. What is that? Let's talk about Bayonetta first. Bayonetta. Yes. So we talked about it last week. It came out on PC finally. Um, then the week after, there was an update that went out to Steam, but it didn't really say anything about what it changed or anything. It's extremely small. It's 22 kilobytes. Almost went under the radar. And people dug it into the files and found that they had just added this like small JPEG of the Vanquish guy's head in the vials, like an image of the Vanquish guy's head. <laughs> so the speculation from that would be they're going to port Vanquish next to PC, which Hell is yeah. a game that desperately needs it. Yes. Like one of the most underrated PlayStation 3 games, one of the games that, would do super well at higher frame rates and consistent frame rates. And also maybe mouse control? Yeah. It, yeah, Because it, it was pretty much a character action game, much like Devil May Cry or Bayonetta, except it was a shooter. Yeah, so, so it, you're was, like, it, it was all about getting a flow and a style going. You're like which, Rocket. It's like uh, Titanfall a little bit, like your Rocket boosting around and sliding on your knees yeah. and like knocking people up into the air so like you have air juggling essentially but then like with guns and stuff right so good. it seems like they actually announced vanquish oh did they coming out on the 25th yeah wow okay I'm behind you are behind alex <laughs> information's behind i just like the way they did that teaser though 
Mm-hmm. That seems like it's the smallest, teeniest, tiniest attempt at an ARG. Right? Uh-huh. I mean, like, the way they did the Bayonetta announcement was they put out 8-bit Bayonetta on Steam on April 1st as an April Fool's joke. But then if you got all of the achievements, they spelled out a URL that went to a countdown. Okay, and the background cool. image on the countdown was just like Bayonetta's foot. Love it. Okay, oh, her fine. Gun, her gun stiletto. Yeah. So, uh, let's talk about Call of Duty WW2 then. Speaking of gun stilettos. Yeah, um, they announced World War II Call of Duty game because Battlefield 1 did World War 1. They're like, no, we're better. Am I, I the only time. one that's like <laughs> slightly excited about this? No. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like, I don't want to be excited. I know that this is just the Call of Duty hype machine, but they're like, hey, we're going back to World War II. And I was just like, okay, the last good Call of Duty you did was World War II. So uh, like, no, but mm. okay. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was the last good Call of Duty, Chad? Modern Warfare 2 might have stretched it a little. Uh, Modern Warfare 1 was definitely really yeah. good. Yeah. Modern Warfare. But World Black of War Ops came 2 after, after Modern Warfare 1, wasn't it? World at War, World at War can like choke. Yeah, World at War was terrible. Um, Whoa, I remember what? Yeah, it was probably the worst Call of Duty World ever made. World at War was amazing. Uh, the only thing good in it is Aaron. You can say it. Zombie. Yeah, there we go. Wasn't that the one where it was like a hidden extra mode after the credits? Yeah, yes, like it wasn't yeah. official yet. Yeah, okay. Yes. First of all, there is it was the first that did zombies, which was awesome. Secondly, the multiplayer was fun. I spent many hours in that. And also that, the story was great. That was also when like Call of Duty multiplayer was still fun. Not that so fun it, anymore. I... Yeah, it hasn't been fun in a while, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's why I was like, it was good then. I don't think it improved at all. So them going back to it, I'm kind of like, okay, well, maybe you're on to something. Maybe but we'll you're get right back that to it's something. it's this Call of Duty hype train. Even, I mean, they could release, like, uh, Call of Duty, the French Revolution. Everybody'd be like, oh, I'm so excited! I would be way more excited for that than this. <laughs> oh too. Honestly, that sounds kind of cool. Oh my gosh, that'd be it's good. Just, just Napoleonic Wars. Yeah. yeah, it's basically just yeah. Mountain Blade yeah. Napoleonic Wars. Everybody's sprinting around this map super fast, but they have single-shot muskets. Quick, <laughs> three, quick, 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 and the accuracy bar is just always at zero. There are no weapons <laughs> with higher accuracy. Quick segue, though, since, you know, the last thing we ever did Revolution was Assassin's Creed. Did anyone see the screenshot that leaked? Nope. I don't care is it about Egypt? Assassin's Creed either. It's Egypt. Next one's going to be Egypt, and I'm super excited about that. <sighs> so he's just going to, like, jump off the pyramid, and it's going to be like, <laughs> no, That's the whole game. <laughs> Hit the pyramid. Yeah. That's it. It's whole game. I'm get Assassin's Creed. Right jump this. off a pyramid. He's gonna be like, hey, "What's up? I'm an Egyptian assassin." Pyramids <laughs> aren't like sheer drops, though. So he's gonna have to like. Yeah, it's really. Yeah, he's, he's just gonna hit he's it. He's gonna slide, slide down it, <laughs> like face first, <laughs> and, and it lands on like, the sand and dies. Like That'll be the just, best part. Okay, it, they're to gonna Call find. Of Duty, they're gonna find out that like the Sphinx was made by the Templars because there's big mystery around the Sphinx, <laughs> and then like I don't know, you're gonna like assassinate King Tut. Or some shit. I'm just gonna call it right now. Just, that's that's what they're doing, and I want no part of it. So I don't think I can bring myself to be excited about Assassin's Creed anymore. They have to nope. earn it at this yeah. point. Yep. 
Just like Call of Duty, Call of Duty trying to earn, to earn it. it. Yeah, back mm-hmm. to Call of Duty. Why specifically, um, Alex? Yeah. I mean, why did you even have to mention Call of Duty? You know, we all cringe. It's always a big thing. Like, it's it's still one of the biggest it, releases of like, the year. It is, an, it is an incredibly large juggernaut that has just been slowly been suffering from atrophy. Yeah. And I just get like, a kick out of the names of these games at this point. Like the yeah. fact, the fact that they're like finally just like quote unquote changing the game once again. Like no more of this like near near future like BS. Like they're they're just going back to the roots. Like it it seems like a very calculated gamble where they're like oh man people remember call of duty 2 and it's like ah but i don't do they go the route of like how battlefield 1 did with like all the really weird uh like in real life non-functional like experimental weaponry i hope not i just and for I, for what it seems like from talk the the stuff i've seen with the developers they're going you with talk for the developers <laughs> well, from I didn't talk to the developers, but like seeing oh. the interviews with the developers, it seems like they are trying to make it as accurate and as realistic as they possibly can. They say which, this every call yes, they they do. Exactly. That's every my point. That's is, not which I was like, I don't believe you because you say it every goddamn Call of Duty. And look then at our mocap like, dogs, guys. We're mocapping <laughs> dogs. That was my favorite part when they were like, "Shit, a dog in a video game." <laughs> yeah, dude, we're we? mocapping this, and I was like, "Yeah, that dog's not going to die or anything." Fun fact: they actually killed the dog yeah. to get the mocap. <laughs> <laughs> you left like, that's accurate that, that's that's not what i wanted a call of duty in fact if i wanted to get like some some good like realism or stuff or just hearing about this world war ii business it kind of just makes me want to play like day of infamy if they actually like get a little bit more work on it yeah a lot yeah. more work on it i just want to know so call of duty has all these mini franchises now it's so, like how they do it with like black ops 1 black ops 2 black ops 3 modern warfare 2 whatever so if they do Call of Duty WWII two, oh no, would it just be like a two after the II? Oh no, <laughs> stop! Oh, that would, oh, that would be so no, like Final it'll, Fantasy thirteen two. It'll also it's like WWII hyphen two. No, it'll <laughs> just be Call of Duty WWII Big Red One. Yeah, <laughs> with Wait, these mini, they you do know, that with these mini franchise things. I I do wish they would just hold on to them a bit longer. They come out so fast. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't yeah. mind paying six dollars for a Call of Duty game if I knew I could play it for a couple years. So I end up only buying basically every other one to play zombies. Zombies. Uh, yeah. yeah. They, what so that I, says to me is that they should just kind of make zombies. And, yeah, just no. make zombies an independent game. Uh, well, and try and and try something new. Like move on from the Call of Duty franchise. Get something well, fresh. No, I think they. I think they can still utilize. Um, I, I think I think they can still utilize the, the the content that they have, but I think that they need to take you know kind of tailor to what c- games are currently doing with our our generation of video games, which is sort of this event based um, strategy to bring people back to the game. You know, um, Overwatch is doing it, Dota does it, I'm sure League does it. Uh, we have it in even smaller based games now where they're doing full events to bring people back in for for user base. And I think of Call of Duty and things like that. I mean, they have their, um, 
I can't think what they call it, but or their season pass is what they have. Yeah. Yeah, but that's but just for they, maps and crap. Right. But if they would do something that's more mm, intense or intentional and it wasn't just, hey, here's some maps we worked on, you know, they might be able to bring some people back to play the game. Speaking of so, the season pass real quick, they haven't mentioned anything about DLC, but I am going to put money down that the DLC is going to be extended campaign and multiplayer just because of the fact that they are specifically calling this Call of Duty World War II, as in, like, all of it. And the entire campaign seems to only be the European front. So I wouldn't be surprised if we end up seeing DLC that is dealing with uh, Japan and the Pacific uh, Theater, or maybe something in Africa uh, in that area as well. There's supposedly going to be, like, a separate co-op campaign as well. I might be back on I board. I think the separate if, co-op if... campaign is zombies. No, I no. I specifically no. want Spec Ops. The Spec Ops mode. No, oh. Spec Ops mode. Spec Ops yeah, the mode. Spec Ops mode. That was, was my favorite I, part. I, yeah. I I just like I really loved the very like set sort of thing, but just like real small little vignettes of like oh we're riding down this mountain like I want that. I, I don't want a whole co-op Call of Duty campaign. Do you want? I just Silent I, Shotgun Alex. Yes. <laughs> I really just want them to move away from Season Pass. I, even if they did what uh, Titanfall 2 did, just completely avoid it and basically say, here you go. You can play it all. You know, there's no need to buy anything extra. Well, I think um, Gears of War also did it really well where it's, you get all the maps, but only the Season Pass holders get the maps for private mode. To where there's no like division in the multiplayer. All, the whole pool goes in the same... Uh, sector instead of having like yeah. oh you need this DLC to play in this game mode. Yeah, I'm okay with like- that too. I just I think they need to just move away from the season pass. And like I said, if they can really jump into event based things, that can really bring back some user base. They should Speaking just jump of, more into early access. Well, I was just gonna say like a good example. Um, speaking of events, there is currently a Hots event. Yeah, um, and if you guys don't play Heroes of the Storm, Hots it's pretty hot. Uh, it's pretty hot. It's hot, it's hot, it's hot, it's, it's hot, okay. It's hot, it's hot. Uh, there is hot. A... <laughs> uh, Alex, why don't you tell us, since you wrote this down, why don't you tell us about the event that's been going on in HOTS since I haven't been playing with you at all? I mean, this is like more so the Overwatch people in here. Hi, what's up? That, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're kind of, Blizzard's working off of all of their different properties to try to get people into all of their stuff and paying more money into them. So... Hot says this event in, where in yeah. fairness this is nothing new. Yeah, no. They 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 want you to play with your friends in Heroes of the Storm to gain things in Overwatch. So now the new one is the Diva skin, the Diva Police uh, skin sploosh. or whatever. <laughs> uh you play like five matches with your friends in Overwatch to unlock or in uh Hots to overlock the Overwatch skin. And then there's also like a bunch of other unlocks too. But they're do- doing this weekly thing, like week one was Another chance for the Genji skin. Week two was the Diva. I think they're on week three now, which yep, I forget what it was. It it's is like a spring loop. Oh, that's next. That's next week. Yeah, uh, next yeah. week is the. And then the week boxes. four is you get a bunch of loot boxes for both games. So, cross promotion, cross getting everybody to pay money to everything. I will say I do enjoy the cross promotion stuff. I think that's really neat of how they're just like, hey, you don't have to just 
grind out multiple hours in Overwatch to get a bonus in Overwatch. Like, you can play our other games and have, like, a break from Overwatch, but you'll still help out your Overwatch person. And so I think that's kind of cool, of you know, cross-pollination and getting your fan bases to play the other games that you have created as uh, a development team. I think that's really neat. I would love to see that in other things. Like, I would love to see stuff with, like, Tiny Build or Devolver. Like, oh, hey, if you play this game of ours, you'll get a cool skin when you're playing this game of ours. So I like that. I think that's a cool way to reward the fans of your company as well as each um as as well as each franchise. So I think this is a cool thing that they're doing. I know some people are upset because they're like, well, I don't have Heroes of the Storm. And to that, well, that's the entire point is this is to make you play Heroes of the Storm. Also it's free. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I was about to say, is it not free to play? Well it's but... it's the complaint from the console players because they don't have uh... the ability to play a PC based game. Oh there's okay. a solution that to that. <laughs> buy a PC. PC. Mm-hmm. So, like, for us, I think it was pretty effective. Like, I know for me and Caleb, at least, like, we've even gone back and played some more HOTS without the draw of getting the skins anymore. Ew. It's true. You guys are gross. It's a little bit of fun. Uh, it's you. a pretty fun game. <laughs> uh, you also definitely see in, like, the chat room people, like, you know, group up for five-minute fast matches so you can unlock the skin. And, like, they're going to try to, like, unlock it as fast as possible to just get off that game again. They don't care about anything other than the Overwatch skin. So, I mean, I guess it's half effective, maybe. I don't know. Quarter effective, maybe? They also released that uh, 20 free characters for every person, which I think helped a lot. Yeah, that came along with the 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 2.0 update, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, as in 20 free characters in HOTS? Yeah. Yeah. Just by logging into HOTS, you get 20 free characters. That's really nice. Yeah, and it's kind of cool because you get to select like what kind of heroes you want. So you get to select twenty of assassins, tanks, or what was the other one? Like support stuff. Support. Yep. Specialist Uh, and specialist. Yeah. Yeah, there was like tank and bruiser were together, and support and specialist were together, and then assassins was their own. So you get to select one of those packs of twenty. Oh, that's fun. So like, depending on what kind of player you are, you can kind of gear it towards that. And then maybe you don't you just... ever have to buy any other heroes again. It's a good thing that game is not farming based because you would have picked the farming hero pack yeah. and then just farmed for days. There's a lot of people in our group that like to only play assassins, so I picked Apparently. Tank and Bruiser. <laughs> now we only play Cho'Gall. <laughs> oh, have you won a Cho'Gall game character. yet? Nope. No, not don't, once. Don't care. We've only but... played twice. Yeah, we're playing it all day today. Buckle up. <laughs> Uh, let's jump on to another thing real quick because um, we're running out of time for games. Somebody had mentioned, I don't remember who it was, maybe Caleb, uh, Divinity Original Sin Game Master mode. Yeah, so Divinity Original Sin 2, which is in early access right now, just got an update today or yesterday, I can't remember. But they released this Game Master mode that they it seems like they've been working on for a really long time. And you can essentially play D&D through the interface of using Divinity Original Sin 2. And he uses the combat in Original Sin 2. But there's a Game Master, and he's running this, you know, game. He sets up this environment, sets up all these NPCs, and the characters get to choose their own stuff. And then as they're playing, he can, like, request roles from them that happen in-game, where they can roll and they add their intelligence or whatnot that they need to do. And 
he can on the fly just change anything he can any, anything he wants to about the scene to make it play out however he wants and however <laughs> it works with their roles. Frank would love and that. I think it's a really cool idea. Like s- assigning gold and experience to people for kills and like mm-hmm. putting certain things in monsters inventories and he can also take control of any NPC at any time and directly play that character or enemy or whatever it is. Interesting. And he can create magical items on the fly and just drop them for whatever loot he wants. Neat. Seems really cool. At one point, there was like a shop in there in the short demo I was watching, and they're like going to the shop to look at whatever they want to buy or whatever. And the game master was like, All right, there's a shop. I kind of set it up. But if it doesn't have something that you want, we can discuss it. Like, you know, he can, he can just add whatever to it on the fly, but. Mm hmm. Not just gonna give them everything, you know. So yeah, I like that. A lot of games seem to be like having that mode now—a mode where it's one person is just given free reign. Mm-hmm. And I think I don't know if it's gonna release with this, but they currently have a module in there that is the Lost Minds of Fandelver, the the first um, intro module for D and D Fifth Edition. Man, that made you sound like a complete nerd. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. As opposed to the rest of this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. Um, Let's just touch base on the last couple things we had in here. Just a couple just short uh, short notes. Uh, Alex, you played Rick and Morty Virtual Rickality. I did. Is it actually any good? It was maybe not $30 worth of a game. It's it's pretty darn short. Um, And I don't think they do enough with... The Rick and Morty property, like there's a lot of referential stuff in the game, which you're like, oh yeah, it's a Plumbus. I know what a Plumbus is, um, and that's cool. But and they have some voice acting from the characters, but it's like extremely minimal. Like most of the time, you're just kind of by yourself in Rick's garage. Um, the mechanics of the game work pretty well. Uh, you can teleport around, but only to like specific areas, and then you move around in that area. Uh, and there was a unique mechanic which I hadn't seen in VR before uh, where you threw a box that spawned a Meeseek. Uh, I'm Mr. Meeseeks, whatever. I'm Mr. Meeseeks. So you had to like get something that was out of your reach. So you'd throw the box that spawned the Meeseek and then the Meeseek imitated you. So you would like bend over and pick up the thing and then like throw it to yourself. It kind of worked well and pretty awesome. At one point you had to like move this dangerous um liquid without like dropping it or throwing it or anything like that so you like hand it to a couple me seeks in a row and then to yourself um i don't know so has a couple unique mechanics and the most important part is they don't have what do you say earlier jake the uh vr game that's in the show oh uh roy a life well lived yeah they don't have roy a, a life well lived but they do have i think it's called like heaven or something it's like some other person and you like Mm. go in and it's like this knockoff version of roy essentially like all of the art assets in the game are like crayon drawn and stuff like that and like (laughs) cardboard cutouts and stuff and you're like going through making life choices like you're gonna join the football team and then you're gonna like go up and do you like take this girl or that girl or do you have a baby or do you go focus on your career and then they give you a life score at the end I thought that was really good. Wow. Sounds pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> Overall, still... I'd, I'd maybe give it like a 3.5. I don't know. 
So definitely not worth the thirty dollars. On sale, uh, pick it up. Or like the thousand some odd you would need for a VR rig. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Frank, you had mentioned a game that come that came out. I think is this, is this a PS4 game? Neo. Yes, it is. Not... How do you pronounce oh, yeah. it? <clears throat> Neo. Okay, I was right. Um. Yeah, it was it was a game that I had on my radar for a while, and I finally picked it up because it was on sale. Um, and I was interested in it because it's basically uh, Dark Souls mixed with a uh, very like Platinum Games level like, character action game. Uh, so you kind of replace the dark the aspects of Dark Souls of like the the bullshit. Like, oh, I walked through this door and then giant hammer came out and squashed me. And it focuses more on, like, combat and, like, combos. And it adds a lot of interesting mechanics to it that I... Because, like, I've played, like, Demon Souls, Dark Souls, like, all the Dark Souls games, Bloodborne. And I'm like, I've never been able to finish them, except Demon Souls, because that was back in high school when I had time. But, like... I think I'm definitely going to finish this game because the combat is just so rewarding as opposed to Dark Souls where I just feel like I am clamoring to save my life. Like every time every time I get through a fight, I'm like, oh my god, that fight is going to be so hard the next time I come through here. But in this game, I'm like, man, I, I like wrecked those dudes. So, so it's just like easier? Is that what you're saying? Um, I would say... Uh, I would still say it's it's a difficult game. Uh, the bosses are interesting. Um, it, there's also it's not like open world, like how one area moves into another. It's like very much like world map. Go here, do this. Here's a side mission. There you can like craft some stuff. Sweet. Um, I wouldn't say it's easier. I would say that. I feel like I can get a lot more variancy and I have a lot more like tools at my disposal to come at a situation instead of just being mm. like, this time I'm going to hold my sword with two hands. Let's see how that goes. Oh, I died. <laughs> Fair enough. Do you play you... as young Geralt in this game? Because you uh, look like you play as young Geralt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you, you play as, uh, what's his name? William. He's from Scotland. Mm. Okay. And and the the Queen of England is trying to find the Philosopher's Stone, and for some reason the Philosopher's Stone is in Japan. <laughs> I see. And so he goes there, and he's like, "Oi, I'm going over to Japan." <laughs> <laughs> is this what he sounds like in game? Because I'm like, need to buy it just for that. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like it's it's like really strange because like all the all the Japanese characters are like mad freaking serious. It's like a Japanese soap opera. There's just like Tokugawa and like all this like That's family business. Say. That's all I say. That's all I say is Tokugawa. That's remarkable. No. Um, and then he'll just come in and he's like, "You guys, you guys are crazy." And then they talk back to him in Japanese and he understands them. Like it's like this Star Trek <laughs> thing of like. This Scottish dude just shows up in Japan and he's like, what's up? And then just goes and fucks up demons and people. And then people talk to him and he's like, I don't know what you're saying. That's British, whatever. Yeah, like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Frank, you'd be really, really good at the uh, 
um, impressions game where you speak in accents. I would, but I'd need to warm up. <laughs> uh, last but not least in games, let's just highlight on uh, Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite real quick. Alex, you had mentioned this. Yeah, I didn't have a ton to say about it except for it's has Infinite in the title and it looks like they're leaning way more on MCU characters. Like they've added Rocket Raccoon to it. And Wasn't he in though Marvel vs. Capcom three? Was he in it? I thought so. I could I be wrong. I didn't think he was. There's all making. There's all sorts of stories making a big deal about Rocket Raccoon being in it. I don't. I don't see why. Uh, and it's. I mean, there's like an Infinity Stone thing going on in the story. Oh, sto- and oh tell me more about this fighting game story. They're gonna do. <laughs> they're gonna do like the the big bombastic story mode thing that all the fighting games have been doing lately were you like, have, it, have any of those been good i know that like the mortal Kombat ones have been good but yeah those I were good i haven't heard of any others uh the street fighter 5 ones pretty decent i actually really enjoy them like how you play you're like watching a cutscene, and then all of a sudden the camera pans to the side and then you're just in a fighting game yeah how they do that how they do that is neat that's pretty cool but yeah i don't it just seems like they're leaning a lot on MCU stuff. Like yeah. all I want out of my Marvel vs. Capcom game is when I get to the character select screen, I want this chick to just start yelling at me saying that she wants to take me for a ride. Want to take you for a ride. Exactly. I mean, you say they're leaning on this on on the MCU. Does Marvel really even need more hype? <laughs> yeah, their right. Yes, yes, they do. Because, Why? Because they are starting to get to the point where they're they're just gonna the only way is down. Yeah, there are no more people available to see the movies. <laughs> you know, everyone is already seeing them twice. To make to make enough money on freaking Avengers three, three, four. Three. Which one are they up? Three. Three. Okay. They're on three. There aren't enough people in the world, so we need to have China. We need to get. We need to hire Tencent to like make contraceptives that. Oh, we found out that they don't actually work. <laughs> For what it's worth, Alex and I were reading about uh, box office totals and just total sales or total revenue from like, was it just movie franchises? Yeah, franchises. And though I know that the MCU has a significant amount of movies, they well exceeded. I mean, well exceeded anyone else in terms of sales. How much they've made? That's surprising. Yeah. Well, the, I remember, it's the number one movie franchise by by quite a ways right yeah i would think like is, three billion dollars or something it is like james bond up there because james bond is probably like one of the longest running movie franchises right i believe james bond was third or fourth something yeah like that. it's definitely been around for a while and you know it's large behind the mcu behind star wars what else was up there harry potter i think harry potter was second place yeah. Okay. Let's. Hmm. Was Star Trek on there at all? I highly Star doubt Trek it. Star Trek was down at like twenty something. Sad. Yeah. I mean, most of those movies are garbage. But what about Star Wars? Yeah, no, they don't have as many movies. But <laughs> what was up there? Was the up five. there? Yeah. What's funny about that one was it was like the original trilogy made like 1.7 billion and the sequel or the prequel, prequel trilogy made Squeakle. 2 billion and then you look at episode 7 and it made like 2 billion by itself 
<laughs> so, and I want to know, like, the one thing I want to know if it, those numbers are adjusted for inflation, inflation, also adjusted just for the fact that the, more people live on planet Earth and have access to movie theaters at this point at an exponential rate. Probably not. Yeah. Okay. So Probably I'm just looking at it now. You, I'm assuming you read the Mental Floss article. That's yeah. uh, where you got that, Alex. Maybe uh, I don't. I was not in there. Marvel Cin- no. MCU's nine nine billion. Harry Potter's seven point seven billion. James Bond six point two billion. Lord of the Rings is number four at five point ah. eight billion. Star Wars is number five at four point in- four billion. Does that include this the Hobbit old. movies? Um. Yes, it, it only includes the. So this article only includes uh, an unexpected journey. Wow. Yeah, this article's old because MCU was at eleven billion in the thing I was looking at. Yeah, this is yeah, twenty fifteen. Okay. Well, I just no. They you know, they had to spend that other two billion to like keep Walt Disney's cryo chamber going. <laughs> wow. Uh, let's talk about other upcoming movies since we're talking about movies right now. Uh, who has seen or even cares about the Blade Runner twenty forty nine yep. trailer? I didn't watch right it on here. purpose. <laughs> I'll tell you this: it does not reveal anything. I mean, anything. The, the second trailer? Yes. Well, uh, I mean, I watched the teaser, and then I watched the most recent trailer that just came out. I don't yeah. know if there was a... Okay, yeah. If there was a about. second trailer. The teaser is what I watched, and I was good on that. Like, for... This was actually, like, a really good trailer, because I was, like... I didn't really get any spoilers, or, like, knew no. what exactly the movie might be about. And even though there was a narration, there was a narration in the trailer. Or am I just tripping? You know, I, there was a narration in the trailer. Okay. Yes, there was. It, but it wasn't like, I'm a cop. I'm a Blade Runner. Like, it, it, it didn't get any, <laughs> like, exposition at all. It was just like Ryan Gosling, like, babbling. And all the trailer did was make me want to watch the movie, which is the point of trailers, which if I remember... A, couple, a lot of podcasts ago, we talked about, like, trailers just making me not want to watch movies yeah we talked about just how unaffected trailers are these days i thought it was a good one i also think it probably has to do with the fact of who is involved mm. um because dennis uh i can never pronounce his last name villeneuve now you say his last name dennis villeneuve um he is the director on it he's the one who did arrival and nice. prisoners and sicario and i mean he does a lot of really good good movies so i think most of the time involved too is right right he's also involved i think he is executive producer maybe i don't know i'm super pumped i loved blade runner and i also freaking love the game and i wish somebody would just go remake it that would be so awesome that would be like the best game ever to come out the game was pretty great yes it was great uh, some other things that are on the radar. Uh, Owen, you have on here Baby Driver. I actually just watched the trailer for this today. I think it looks really good. For those that don't that haven't seen the trailer, don't know what this is about, the, from the premise that I got from the trailer, it's pretty much this is a driver for what looks like the mob of some sort. Basically, um, oh god, what's his name? Not Frank Underwood. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said like, like that's what my mind was like Frank Underwood which I was like well he's evil in this so maybe um, 
Yeah, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell you his name. I'm just going to let you struggle yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah, Kevin Basie. Oh, oh, Kevin Hart's in this movie. Kevin Bacon. Hello. Pulled it out. Um, K Bakes. But yeah, he's like the bad guy that's like running some mob thing, and this kid is the driver for it, and he's like this insanely, awesomely good driver. But that's like all he knows how to do is drive, and he's <laughs> trying to get like out of the mob and basically like run away. And... All I know how to do is drive. He can't it, speak. It he can't eat. No. Dude, I've already seen this movie. It's called Fast and the Furious Eight: Fate of the Furious, and it's about Vin Diesel and family. Vin Diesel great film. just coming up. Just I'm gonna drive a car. Oh, hey. you know how to do is drive. It's a uh, divergent brother. Yeah. Divergent brother is that his real name? Yeah, that's yeah. his name. As far Love as I'm it. concerned, that's great. I don't know. It, supposedly his name is Ansel Elgort or something. Oh, but that's divergent name. brother. <laughs> divergent oh, brother better. rolls off the tongue. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I remember that guy in Empire Strikes Back. Oh yeah. Ansel Elgort. I have his action figure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I totally remembered what we were talking about in the trailers. At Valerian? Valeria yes. and A Thousand Planets. They just came oh. out with a new trailer recently that has now made made me pull a full 180 on that movie. Where I went to being like, that movie does not look that good to like, that movie looks fucking dope. Which trailer? Because the one they played before, like, Guardians is garbage. I'm not sure which one. All I know is the only, um, the only trailer I have seen for it has made me actively think that is going to be a terrible movie. Yeah, like, the, the ones that I saw, like, initially, the, like, the first runs that they had, I was like, what even is this? This does not, this does not look good. This is going to be another, like, Jupiter Ascending Mm-hmm. What a good movie! <laughs> you, you know what? I I have a I have a guilty pleasure for those movies because say what you will about the Wachowski sisters. Oh, oh right, yeah. Um, I really love their like universe building. Like I loved the look of Cloud Atlas. I loved the look of Jupiter Ascending. I love the like, look of Channing Tatum. I love Channing Tatum <laughs> with like a Channing Tatum too. That's what mm. every movie needs. <laughs> yes, and hats. And laser skates. Oh my god. Laser skates? Oh, he yeah. has what laser he's like skates in that movie. Them. I haven't seen it. I really no, he's an that. elf oh. with laser skates. No, he's oh, not my an god. elf. He and she has controls wolf's blood. She controls and bees. With <laughs> buzz, buzz, it's animals. because she's the queen, and the bees recognize that she, she's a queen. I don't know when oh they're bringing her into the Marvel God. Cinematic Universe, though. Like when she joined the Avengers. Oh, uh, universes! By the way, hey, they weren't laser skates; they were quantum differential shoes. slipstream boots. Oh, yeah. wow. Excuse me, what I wow. said was stupid. <laughs> wow. I, I just realized this Baby Driver movie is an Edgar Wright film. Yes, it is. Oh, oh word? Yeah. I'm excited about it. Well, is, okay, fine. It's Edgar Wright, and I think this is the first time That's he's doing, like, action. That's all you had say. <laughs> Edgar Wright normally does comedy shit, right? So, I have like, a serious question. Yeah. Is this or is this not a sequel to Boss Baby? Oh, <laughs> Because if it is, like, I'm in, <laughs> and if it's not... Mm, Still probably in. Maybe. Speaking of Edgar Wright, how did you guys feel about The World's End? Just out of curiosity. Oh my gosh. It's it's amazing. Okay, I watched that movie without knowing that it was going to twist the way it did. And I was like, this is great. I thought it was going to be just like dudes at at bars. Yep. And there was going to be some comedy. 
That's yep. not what the movie's about. <laughs> so freaking good. Like, and I, maybe one of the best uh, loosely associated trilogies ever. Or are they yep. associated? I don't they're know. Supposedly... Aren't they called like an unofficial the trilogy? Yeah. trilogy? The Cornetto trilogy. Correct. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like... Wait, to what? It's it's the it's the uh, it's weakest... Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and World's oh, End. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Yep. It's not unofficial. really a trilogy, because mm -hmm. obviously the same actors play different people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a trilogy, though. Yeah, 100%. Hey, speaking of trilogies, and I'm not even sure that this is going to be accurate or not, but Alex, you wrote down New Hellboy. Is There's this a, a movie? New Hellboy. Is this a movie? No, no, they're rebooting it, right? Dude, yeah, as they're Prey is yeah. not the next Prey, this is <laughs> not ah, Hellboy. the next Hellboy. It's not ah. Hellboy 3, which is disappointing. But That's too bad. It, yeah, is Guillermo del Toro involved at all? No. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think they've said what oh. director is doing it. David Harbour? they got the Stranger Things guy in it. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, that guy's in it. I... I can see it. I I can see him doing a really good Hellboy. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I thought, would... I thought Ron Perlman did like an awesome job. But you know, sometimes it's hard. All that makeup, like you don't have any idea who it is. Um, mm -hmm. Did you guys know that? Um, what's how? Oh, gosh, what's the Marvel Cinematic Ultimate guy, bad guy's name? Thanos. What's his name? Thanos. Thanos. Did you know that's Josh Brolin? Yes, obviously. <laughs> really. I totally know who Josh Brolin is. He plays Thanos. <laughs> God, how stupid do you think I am? Oh, Thank you, Jake. I'm glad yeah. I'm not feeling <laughs> I mean, I, I have this tradition of whenever I finish watching a movie or a TV show, I go on the IMDb page and just look at everything. So I usually at pick everything? up... I, yeah, everything? Yeah, everything. I look, wow. at the, I look at everyone that was in it. I look at the directors, the executive producers. I look at the trivia section. I don't look at the forums. Because the forums are garbage, but I'm pretty sure they removed the you, forums from IMDb. You are obviously no, missing out on the best part of IMDb. I definitely go to the forums. No, that's not the best part. The best yeah, part of IMDb everybody. is if you go down and you read the parental advisory notes. <laughs> oh my gosh, they're the best things. I will... Uh, uh, Gaunts, that Gaunts Zero or whatever it is, that yep. movie that I watched. Okay. I will I will put a link in the notes of the parental advisory notes from that 3D animated film. It fantastic. Next time you go look for a movie, Frank, make sure you read those notes. Oh, you got it. Back to Hellboy. Supposedly this one's going to be called, uh, where is it? Rise of the Blood Queen. Like Hellboy. Yeah, Don't even that, care about anything that, else. That, that's <laughs> a that's a Hellboy subtitle. All right. Yeah, and they're trying to ride the line between horror film and action, like comic book movie. No. So. Yep. Yay! Is I just want queen? them. I just want them to make a Hellboy three. I just hope the they crew. have that weird fish guy in it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's great. Yeah, there you go. Do you think the queen's made of blood or she is the queen like she rules over blood? I, she might just like come There's out no of a pool of, of blood like Ooh. that guy in the first movie. That, that would be both. good. Maybe oh. she's just like coalesced blood, like just kind of just like forms. Mm. Oh, that means it's all coagulated and gross. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that show is Isaac weird and stuff. gross. Or those, those movies are weird and gross, though. And this one's going to be rated R, correct? 
I would assume so, since they're talking about writing the edge of a horror movie. <laughs> well, there are PG-13 horror movies. There's Not a lot ones. of PG-13 horror movies. Yeah, <laughs> that's why you should be afraid. <laughs> she she actually is just like a normal woman who has the superpower of she is just always menstruating. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. That's pretty good. Great addition to the <laughs> anyway. Avengers. I love it. <laughs> Maybe her last name is Blood. I think we're missing the most obvious. <laughs> yeah, every, every villain has point, to have something Jake. about their superpower, like as their last name. Yeah, like Doctor Doom. Yeah, his superpower <laughs> is Doom. <laughs> what a terrible, terrible movie. Uh, Doctor Doom. Which one? <laughs> I'm a terrible Ew. number of movies. <laughs> yeah, number which of movies. Reboot? All of them. All of them. <laughs> Uh, Owen, Owen, Terminator 2 Judgment Day. This movie well, came out in, like, 1991. Why are you singling me out for this? Yeah, Owen. Yeah. Tell us, Owen. Oh, is this Frank? Oh, is this Frank? Frank? This Frank. Owen? Frank. It's too late. Owen's got to tell us <laughs> Owen. about it. Yeah. Owen, 1991. Uh, I, I wasn't born. And back to Frank. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, so, nice. Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Still a good movie. Uh, Edward Furlong is terrible. Um, that's about it. What's up with Baywatch? <laughs> this was awesome. Yes, Why? we should do this more often. Just bring up random ass shit from the past. <laughs> that's what half of this podcast usually is. No, but just like one sentence and move on. It's like, yes. yeah, you guys remember the first Harry Potter movie? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, Baywatch. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So, Baywatch, last thing in film. Is anybody else besides me, like, super duper excited about Baywatch? Are you fucking kidding no. me? It's Dude. got The Rock in it. It's, it's going to be great. Oh, really? Are you kidding? Yes. Yeah, the Rock, the Rock. Okay, He's that the is Baywatch. He is. Movie. Yes. He's, oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. It's got The Rock. It's got Zac Efron, who... Hey, no, no judgment. I am a huge Zac Efron fan. I don't know about anybody else. That dude got high as fuck at the last E3. He's... <laughs> him, and, him and Jamie Foxx went and hung out with Snoop Dogg. You can actually like see their weed guy like on the. Oh my god, you guys need to see that. It's like greatest thing. It's pretty bad. Like the last year's E3 was just dubbed Weed Three. <laughs> Love it, Weed Three. Most important part about Baywatch is that Alexander Daddario's in it. Alex, you are you are you are freaking out. You need to like, relax like about her, her man. She's just got Look really big eyes. eyes. Look at her eyes, though. Also, other really body parts eyes. that are on her. <laughs> other body parts. Like her <laughs> eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What, what was her name? Dodario? Alexandra. Alexandra Dodario. She's in... Uh, Another Dwayne the Rock True Johnson movie. Oh, my gosh. Her eyes are going to eat my fucking soul. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh! Oh, I'm going in. <laughs> it comes. <laughs> it Holy comes out on the 19th, shit. so I'm super pumped. It's gonna be good, I'm sure. Yeah, Who's she's in San Andreas. That bay, all right. She can see half of the goddamn Pacific Coast with those fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> let's Holy uh, crap. just real quick before we wrap up, I want to talk about a couple things. Uh, Alex was actually out in Kansas City, Missouri this weekend hanging out with me. Ooh, exotic. And I know, very exotic. Kinky. Uh, crazy, crazy travel. <laughs> uh, he, Janae, and I went to an escape room, which is... Some of you guys have been doing a lot of escape rooms lately. And, whoop, uh, whoop. 
I know, I know, right? Um, I haven't been to do, be able to do a lot. So I, Alex and Janan and I went into this escape room and I, I tried to tell Alex beforehand that Kansas City is just like super highly rated for escape rooms and that there's a whole bunch of them. But Aaron and hypes he, up a lot of things for no reason. But so I, I do hype up him. things. For, what? Uh, yes, I ruin things for people because I hype them up too much. However, Alex, this actually was like the best escape room I've done. It was such high production value. It's insane. Like, that's higher than the ones that we did in DC. Oh man, dude! Really, dude? Wasn't Leesburg higher production it was like, value than the ones you did in DC, Alex? Yeah, Leesburg I think was a little bit higher than DC as well. Okay. Um, DC this sucks. one was. We walked into this small little <laughs> room. I thought it was gonna be super lame. There was like this one little stand <laughs> in the middle of the room. I was hyping it up the whole way there too, and we got in the room, and it's just this little box in the center. I'm like, great. Oh man, it looks bad. <laughs> and this guy who Doesn't he informed us designed it at the beginning. He was like, "Oh yeah, I designed this." And then he started telling us about it. And then he also started trying to like help us figure out how we were going to solve it. He was like, "Yeah, this tablet goes to that column. That tablet goes to this column." And we were what? like, "What? What are you talking about?" And he's like, "Yeah, you got to do this and this and this. If you need a hint, you got to hit this button, and like the screen will come up." And then he started freaking out, Janae. <laughs> He was very weird, <laughs> very strange really guy. guy. He made a joke like every other sentence, and it was like not a good joke. It was not a good joke, and it was like mumbled under his breath, like he wasn't sure if he should say it. <laughs> <laughs> and at one point, he like acted like something burst out of his arm, and it was like beating in his hand, and he was like handing it yeah, to Janae. I don't, and I don't know Janae what that was, was like. Doing. Are the you sure this stranger danger eyes? <laughs> like. Anyway. The point is, we we like solved a few things in the first part of the room. It was actually really difficult. It took us a while, and then the it took entire us like thirty minutes, probably yeah. like thirty or thirty-five minutes. We were like, all right, whatever. And then the entire like we solved this one part, and the entire back wall slid up into the roof and revealed this whole other section. Wow! And it, it had was like usually you can spot those. Like there's an outline here. Like this is gonna be a door or something. This was like seamless built into the wall. It was great. All the while, there are lights just flashing and blinking everywhere every time we do something. Plus, there's music. And then when we open the door, it like the whole room goes dark. Steam comes or smoke comes from out underneath the door. And then it starts playing like an Indiana Jones theme song. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was just. I mean, go ahead. It Sorry. was like narrated. There was. Um... There was a Did laser at one point. We had to bounce around a whole bunch of mirrors and get into the eye of whatever, like the eye Horus. of Ra or Horus. There you go. Oh, my God. It was Egyptian themed. Mm -hmm. So there was a sarcophagus that we had to unlock at one point. Ah, uh, that sounds real good. Uh, so was there so an cool. actual corpse in it? No. What? Okay. You had me there for a while, but. It's like, it was, it's that guy that was really awkward and you open it up and he's just like, oh, me why the chicken crossed the road? <laughs> 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 what amazed me is like, how much raw programming had to go into this room because everything was reactionary and like electronic. Like there was these two pedestals in the middle of the room that we had to put these statues on and then twist in a certain direction to like put in this key code. And 16 then, times. We had yeah, to twist there was them into these different configurations lights on the walls that were lighting up as we got the key code correct. And then when it like, finished there was like a sound that happened and it was like telling us it was right or wrong um there, there was a platform orb. that lowered down from the ceiling with a giant 
gold head. Yeah, we had to put that on another pedestal to activate Super duper. Super duper duper duper. An orb came out of this box at one point and told us it was the orb of useless knowledge or something like that and started telling us like the sky was blue and the grass was green and like all this useless (laughs) crap. Oh, one of the coolest puzzles was there was like this spotlight in one section of the room and I went and like stood under it and it activated, turned green and then another one turned on and then Aaron had to go stand under that one. Wow. Like super simple, but like the fact that it worked that way was kind of cool. Do you think some of that was like the 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 guy being like a puppet master and just using like smoke and mirrors, just like waiting for you to stand in the light, and then he like flips the switch, or like it, do you think it, it was censored? There, there were it did only not two. Seem like it. Yeah, there's think. only two people in their office, and they have duplicate rooms. Ah. They only have they only have two puzzles, and they have four rooms, and so two of those rooms are duplicates on on both sides of the building. And there's only two guys running the whole thing. And so one of them is basically usually giving like a preview of what people are supposed to be doing while the other person's, you know, sitting in and monitoring the people who are doing one of the rooms. And there were two other groups going while we were going. So I don't think it was a sort of delivery on cue sort of thing. Sounds pretty neat. Also, the guy mentioned like how many thousands of feet of wire were in the room or something like that at one point. Yeah, he said miles, I think. <laughs> Either way, really cool. I I, I love escape there's, rooms. I'm there's glad miles they're... of cable in the wall, just like my penis. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a joke he may have made yeah. if it were all guys in the room. He's like, like oh, he probably would have said. And he like, sees your wife and he's like, oh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, here, take um, my soul. A couple other weird things, just to kind of wrap up stuff. Uh, Smite apparently decided to release a Bob Ross skin uh, so that you could change one of the characters in-game to look like the painter. That's topical. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Ross has been in the forefront for a while. <laughs> I think it's about time he got his due. <laughs> I guess. Also, like, Smite is basically all the heroes are gods, right? Yep. I don't play Smite. So, Chad, so can you so answer? What did I do, huh? Smite? Are they well, all gods? Eh. They're, or they're all mythological figures. figures. Uh, give me a second. Oh, I'm sorry, are we Alexa, something? Alexa also is having trouble understanding. <laughs> now, let me, let me launch uh, Smite and check. <laughs> okay. Oh, it, it's, it's very random that... Bob oh my gosh, there actually is a Bob Ross. What the? I told you it wasn't a joke. I mean, what? they have a Bob Ross skin. <laughs> they have immortalized think... Bob Ross by putting him in a video game. I mean, it's sad. I feel like a, a much better like place to have Bob Ross in a video game would be like just a VR version of the joy of painting. I don't Where, know what like, this you're, is. You're just you're just standing there. With Bob Ross and Bob Ross is just like, okay, so now you're gonna take your brush. It's, we're just gonna get it nice and easy. A simple coat. And you're just sitting there like drawing dicks on your on your easel, and he's like, You're doing a pretty good job. Ever just happy accidents. I'd play that. I forgot that my smite's broken. Yeah, they're all gods. Yeah. So they're basically saying that Bob Ross is a god. It's pretty legit. 
Yeah, because yeah, I bought that legit. God Pack. I remember. Uh, Frank, Isn't it just a skin for somebody, though? It's not actually yeah, it's his character, right? No. That would be amazing if somebody actually <laughs> put Bob Ross the character with, like, paintbrushes in a game. Upcoming Dota 2 hero, Bob Ross. That would be the most calm, collected <laughs> Dota 2 hero. He's, you, he's, you'd probably have a super slow move speed, and you would, like, whisper things. an ability things. to place trees. <laughs> yes! Yeah. Yes! His, his, That's all your abilities, is just placing terrain. His <laughs> ultimate his ultimate would just be, like, he just comes in, and he's like, oh, happy accidents. And then he just paints over all the enemies and just kills them. <laughs> oh gosh uh frank i guess we have reason to celebrate you finished your capstone correct i did my plane flew yeah, nice did it fly it, well it did nice it flew with the pucks inside of it and it was also able to pull off aerobatic maneuvers did it do a flip it did do a flip it 10 did out of 10 roll, did it do a loop de loop immelman loop de loop <gasps> duck troll Dutch oven. It Dutch shot oven. down the competition. <laughs> oh my god. That would be awesome. That would be like I, I, the best I, capstone project ever. You're like, all right, we're all flying planes at the same time. What the you heck? throw yours you first, everybody else is on the ground, and it, like yours loops around, does a strafing run, and blows everybody else's up. I, I was actually I was actually able uh because the competition uh was a couple of weeks ago, but our group didn't participate because it was in Arizona. Um, odd, but but we still like abided by all the rules and everything that was required by them. Almost like we were participating, and the entire time I'm like sitting there thinking, like, oh my god, like it, everyone's gonna smoke us. Like it, once I actually see the competition, I'm gonna be like, oh my god, we're terrible. I if you just look look up AI double A DBF 2017. There are like a whole bunch of like different teams videos, but there's a crash compilation video where you can see all of the planes and all of their failures. And it'll just make you feel really good and also question why a senior mechanical engineer would craft a plane out of a painted two liter soda bottle, a plank <laughs> and was, like some thin plastic. Was it Kevin? Because <laughs> he would one hundred percent do that. It was oh, Kevin. it was great. Wow, like, so, this video it starts with such like amazingly dramatic music. Okay, well, I think I'm gonna need to go watch some design build plane crashes. <laughs> that sounds like a good plan. This is uh, last year's video, though. I couldn't find the one from this year. Find it for me. I will. Um, anybody else? Uh, other things? Just real quick before we hop off here. No? Yeah? Nope. Oh, thank you. Caleb, a little slow on that link. Nice try. Oh, it was instantly afterwards. Look at that. Uh, Literally one second. Uh, oh, too slow. One second is still too slow. Yeah, we already moved on. I don't even care about <laughs> what we're talking about. We moved on. About. Next topic. Yeah, this guy's uh, like directing how to throw. Anyway, hey, thanks but, so much for joining us. Uh, appreciate you listening to Forecast. You can catch us next week. And like I said, check the cast notes. Uh, everything we talk about during our podcast is listed there. Check out our Facebook. Also, I don't know if Caleb's got it done at this point, but we do a humble monthly bundle rumble once a month. 
Oh yeah, oh. dude. I got that out so did fast. Did you did you post it in you post it was April in May? It was out on the ninth of May. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and oh, when did we record that, Caleb? I don't know, a while ago. Like of May. A- April like twelfth? No, it was after that. It was after that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it was Regardless, like the 22nd. Go check our website. You can watch our videos there, and we will catch you next time. See ya. This week's podcast was produced by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCoslin, Chad McCoslin, Frank Rice, Jake John Fetterkyle, Caleb Juno, and Owen Patterline. This week's music was again brought to you by Amair, A-M-A-I-R, or some of you know him, Andrew Real. You can check out his music at www.soundcloud.com forward slash Amair or on Spotify. Also, this week's podcast was brought to you by Reclaim Industrial a small but amazing shop of makers, fabricators, and designers based out of Bluemont, Virginia. You can check them out at www.reclaimindustrial.com or you can check out their Instagram. Also, you can check out our website at www.wearethehorizon.com for other video content and some free stuff. Until next time, this has been The Forecast.